Hello everyone to Adventures with Words, where we explore storytelling in all its forms. I'm Rob, and for those of you who live perhaps outside the UK, you might know that the last week that's gone has been half-term. This is where it's halfway through the school term and kids get a week off school, they get to stay at home, and also the road's empty for those of you that might commute in the morning. So I thought this would be a good chance to catch up with my mum and ask her about my reading habits, what films I used to like, and sort of what I was like as a kid, and to see if that can explain some of the things that I read now. So now here it is, and over to my mum. Well, I suppose we should start at the beginning and say that I was a, a child of the 80s. Um, now, you once told me a story about how when you were pregnant and you were watching Jaws and how that wasn't a particularly good idea. <laughs> Yes, I was about seven months pregnant, and uh, Jaws was on the telly. It was either that or a hired video. I can't remember which. And uh, I was just sitting there relaxing, and I had never seen it before. <laughs> and it went, duh, 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 and there was this, I think it was the girl swimming in the sea, and suddenly, out of nowhere, this hideous shark descended on her. And I was thinking, oh, that was a terrible shock. Uh, I don't think that was such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the very beginning then, so you didn't get very far. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I was sort of a case of, shall I, shan't I watch any more after that? <laughs> no. So obviously then I was born. Yeah. Uh, so what sort of things did I like to, did you used to read to me? Was it like little kid books? I'm trying to think what they were now. Yes. Um, for babies, um, there were... There was a, um, a set of books made by Deans, D-E-N-E-S, I think. And um, they were made of cloth, about six pages that you could turn over. There was sort of like, this is a cat, this is a dog or cow or farm picture or something very, very simple. And they also had something similar in very, very thick card. Mm. And they were fine for little babies. Obviously, you could wipe them clean or put them in the wash if necessary. Oh, but right, you, actually, yeah. you, you did like them. You were quite interested in them. See, when I think, when I think most about my childhood, it was more, I think it was more the films than the actual books, not until I was a bit later. So I definitely remember that, um, certainly with me and my younger brother, Rich, it was always about Star Wars. But, so but how old was I when I first watched that? Uh, well, Star Wars I, came, came out in the 70s. I would guess you were probably about six or seven. Would that seem right? Oh, I thought we were. I, oh, right. See, I, I always thought I was younger, but I remember it was one that we taped off ITV. Cause when it I may watched, have been younger. Yeah. When I watch Star Wars now, I could tell you where the ad breaks are <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the copy. Um, I definitely remember tape, watching Star Wars and then borrowing the videos from our cousins. And we'd always used oh, to yes. watch them in the wrong order because we didn't like Empire Strikes Back. We always preferred Return of the Jedi. I presume it's because of the, the Ewoks. Oh, right, yeah. Mm. yeah. But it, was also, quite a, mm, go on. it was quite It was quite a big thing that um, we could actually get to watch the next two in the series because we watched Star Wars over and over again. And then we actually got past that and got on to the final two. That was <laughs> quite a big thing. Mm. And then there was also Superman. I remember dressing up as Superman and having a, uh, I think it was a homemade cape. I think it was knitted, I think it was. No, that was um, a piece of material that uh, oh, right. your grandmother made, a little bit of red curtain material. Uh, I reckon that you were probably about 
three, four, five, something like that. And I remember you leaping off the sofa with your arms <laughs> stretched out. <laughs> yeah. I was slightly surprised when you landed on the ground. Oh, oh well. Because <laughs> uh, then I remember, I must, I do remember watching a lot of TV and cartoons, like things like the Turtles, Teenage Mutant. They were called Hero Turtles then. And then Ghostbusters as well. I remember having the toys of those. Oh, yes. And you also used to like He-Man. Oh, He-Man. Oh, yeah. And Thundercats. Oh, yes. Thundercats. Yeah. And, and uh, Masked Crusaders. We used to sing that, but you never quite got the song right. Oh, it was Masked Crusaders. Going to Midgenize. I don't know what Midgenize meant. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up then. Yeah. <laughs> And then I also, now I have a memory of sitting in a pink Roland Rat car, but then pretending I was Night Rider, I think. Oh, yes, that was um, Kit, the um, special Night Rider car. And you had a Roland Rat car, and I had to make the top out of um, a large cardboard box and you tape it down, so it was an enclosed car. And, uh, oh, it was very important that it had to be, kept in the right place and had to be repaired every now and then. <laughs> and um, you must have been about three or even younger because I remember when I was expecting your brother, I had to uh, endlessly do the voice of Kit to keep you happy. <laughs> so you can't have been much older than about uh, three. So I wanted to be David Hasselhoff. You did, indeed. Mm. And I had to pretend I was Kit. <laughs> So when I was playing, was I was I coming up with new stories or was I just constantly reenacting bits from the films or the TV shows? Um, I would think we were sort of uh, abbreviating the scenes, mm. particularly when we were young. I don't think you particularly invented new scenes. Um, it's difficult to say because I didn't particularly eavesdrop on what you were doing with radio. I think you sort of got the gist of what has happened rather than a, a particular theme. So, oh, right, you right. may have invented. There were some generic themes, I would guess, like the bad is a coming film, pretend to be the 18, for example. Oh, or, yes, of course, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, this is before sort of, well, I suppose we did have videos, but we didn't really have, like today, where I, you could watch things over and over, I suppose. No, you... Um, you just would have specific videos, but now you can just rewind whatever's on the telly, can't you? Mm, mm. it. So, what about um, what about my reading habits? Did you before I could read? Presumably, you'd, you'd read to me, or, or did I have a bedtime story? Uh, yes, you did sometimes. Yes, um, you used to like each peach, pear, plum, and the hungry caterpillar, or something I can remember. But you really liked um, Sesame Street, which was a television mm. program. You absolutely loved that. And um, I remember the optician, when you went to have an eye checkup, um, you were only about three, and he was most impressed. You could actually tell him what the letters were, because he had plan <laughs> B, which was, um, see this here, um, which one does it look like over there? And he said, like, there. <laughs> he went, oh! <laughs> Made his life a lot easier. That was all thanks to Sesame Street. Yes, mm. it will, because they kept on singing the alphabet song. Mm. Mm. And that was up to a tune, and it obviously helped lots of children getting to remember the alphabet. I also remember, I think I liked Spot the Dog as well. Yes. That was uh, your very first um, book that you had at school, Spot the Dog, with a little lift up flap. 
I remember your teacher writing a comment after you'd had several of these books. Uh, Robert loves his plot. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was reading at school, because, um, uh, well, I haven't mentioned this yet, but you were also a primary school teacher. Yeah. So you could see what, what myself and the other kids my age were reading. So I remember going through a big Terry Pratchett phase with the Wiggers ding, um, Diggers Wings truckers and the carpet people. Oh yeah. I think. Yeah. And then we also there's the now infamous Hitchhikers incident where for people who haven't heard this. So we watched the Hitchhikers TV show on video, the BBC one. Yeah. And then we discovered uh, this is me and my other um, pupils, we discovered that there was a uh, Hitchhiker's Books, the ones by Douglas Adams. But these were slightly, well, they had some swearing in. They were a bit more adult than what we were used to. And um, we were all quite eagerly reading these. But we used to have a, we devised a system of bookmarks because I think we had to read bits out in class. Yes, or... you, um, you were still reading to your teacher, um, even though you were quite proficient at reading because it was primary school, she would hear everybody read. And um, you were at a stage where you could uh, choose your own books off because you were part of the school reading scheme. And uh, in my innocence, I thought, oh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Cat. Oh, right, that would be good. It's such a nice television programme. Oh, yes, he likes space. That would be fine. And we got this book and it seemed perfectly all right. And you carry on with the story. Um, well, Obviously, as we as we read these books, we we found that there were rude jokes or there were swear words, and so what we had was we all had two bookmarks within the books, the where we where we actually were in the book as we were progressing along, and then we had a like a safe page or a safe sort of section that we knew that if if anyone came to ask us to read or wanted to look at what we were reading, we could show it to the teacher or the parent, I presume, and say, oh look, you know, uh, this is this is what we're reading. And we even got to the stage where um, we would move the safe page along in the book so it looked like we were still reading. <laughs> it wasn't, I have to admit, until many years later that Robert actually admitted this to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, the trouble was I couldn't, in all honesty, read every single book in advance <laughs> to check that it was totally <laughs> foolproof. Unfortunately, and I did have to say that I thought the television program was a pretty good safe bet, but mm. obviously not. <laughs> yeah. Now, another book <coughs> book series that you actually didn't let me read was the James Bond Ian Fleming's, because I used to watch the films, and I still I still consider myself a James Bond fan. I still watch all the films, but you wouldn't let me read. Now these must have been Dad's copies. These are the old pan paperbacks, I think they were. Um, yeah. You wouldn't let me read them. No. Well, I remember reading Casino Royale and being rather, when I was sort of an impressionable mid-teens, I suppose. Mm. Um, well, some of it was rather gruesome. I thought, well, a bit too gruesome for your age. I thought, mm. no, I think we'll pass on that one. I'll try and be a good mother here. Well, I used to sneak them off the shelf. <laughs> And, watch it at every turn. Yeah, and I'd hope that you wouldn't miss, uh, you wouldn't notice the gap on the shelf because I then work my way along. Um, <laughs> but what what other sort of things was I reading then? You also liked Sherlock Holmes. Mm, well, I'm rereading um, them now. Yes. Yeah, um, which was quite surprised because obviously the language was, was a Victorian language. Um, 
not really how we speak or how we write nowadays, but he lapped it up avidly. We were absolutely fascinated by how he worked out how all the crimes had been committed. Mm. And then I also read Biggles, I think, as well. Oh, yes, that was a, a, a short-lived <laughs> blip. I remember Biggles from a long while ago, never having read it. I thought, oh, that's a boy goes and type of story. But unfortunately, probably isn't particularly PC nowadays. Um, probably not, if I come to think of it. Yeah. I'm trying to think now. No, I'm pretty sure it hasn't aged <laughs> as well as something like Sherlock Holmes has. Um, see, I also read, uh, today I read now, obviously, a lot of comics. But I think I came to them quite late. I remember buying my first ones when I was about 10 or 11 in Frinton. But you, you don't seem to remember? No, I, I don't really remember anything about comics. Because it wasn't ever anything, from my point of view, that I was ever interested in. So I never thought to buy you any. Well, as a, a younger child. I did read Tintin and Asterix, though, didn't I? Ah, yes, I forgot about Tintin and Asterix. Asterix, um, there was the cartoon series, The Twelve Tasks of Asterix, mm. which really was very, very funny. So I think we got you the annuals of those. Um, I think we had a fair number of Asterix and Tintin. But I didn't buy you anything like um, Superman or anything like that. Not the American things, no. 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 So that's sort of my reading, but was I was I writing? Was I sort of creating anything? Did was I, you know, at school we must have had to write things. Anything that springs to mind? Um, probably at primary school you may have written creative writing stories, um, but I do remember at secondary school you started doing. Um, you wrote some quite good poetry for your age. I thought um, you were about thirteen, fourteen. Mm. Manny and I were both quite impressed by the poem that you'd written. And um, then you sort of, a bit later on, you, start, you started to try and write your own novel when you were about 17 or 18, was it? This was about like a, singing nettles or something. This is a Stephen King sort of style thing, I think, wasn't yeah, it? Sort yeah, sort of a horror type thing, yeah. I think that was based around uh, our old house where we used to live and it was about That's this. right possessed bit of wasteland and the, the stinging nettles and all sorts of things, I think, yeah. I don't, honestly don't remember writing the poetry, though. I think it was just something that you had to do for school, um, for the homework or something. Mm. I do um, remember, though, when I was very young, I, I was obsessed with space, probably due to Star Wars. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, I think your teacher was highly amused that she... You must have been about five or six, I think it was. And uh, you were supposed to write a story about a hedgehog. And yeah. somehow or other, you crowbarred spaces to the story. <laughs> Come what may, you were going to write about space. Oh, so it's a space hedgehog. Right? Yes, yeah, it was a space hedgehog. Oh, dear. Right. Um, so obviously, I obviously had a bit of a creative streak. Was I doing anything else then? I mean... Obviously, my brother came along. Um, I do have vague memories of... Um, well, I, I remember them now quite well, actually. So, so we started... You got a video camera. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we started to make these bizarre films. I mean, what what did you honestly think of that? <laughs> well, I remember you and Richard and your friend, um, you made one film called The Revenge of the Killer Carrots. I, I quite enjoyed helping you. <laughs> you I'm uh, Richard had to have a sort of some kind of hideous face 
and I made some pastry and splotched it all over his face and it stuck to him. And then we smothered it with tomato ketchup. So he looked as though his face was hideously deformed. I think and, that was. Uh, um, I think that was intended to be. As in the end of it, you know, the, the first Indiana Jones film where their faces all melt. Ah, right. He was, he was meant to look like this bizarre, yeah, like his face was melting or something. But I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed making them as well because I can imagine what it's like where we take, no, o- we take over that, the house. <laughs> no, that was quite amusing. I, I, I quite enjoyed that. I thought, oh, yes, that was quite fun. Because like we, um, we had carrots on sticks. Um, running around sort of like puppets and this was for a um back in the day when um it was on sky movie max had a short film competition and um we filmed this all on vhs and sort of edited it using the old pause start technique and then sent it off and and funny enough it didn't win no and funny enough uh when you sent it in the um competition date was extended for quite a long while <laughs> and then suddenly um the uh, winner was announced and it wasn't <laughs> oh, I, see. I think we... that i think they had to stretch it out in the hope somebody else would enter. Well, i feel slightly cheated now <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, um, it must have been quite interesting thing. We must have kept you on your toes being, uh, both of us, my brother and I, quite creative uh, children. Do you ever think to yourself, oh, because you must have, um, do you ever think to yourself, oh, God, here we go again, or <laughs> anything like that? Um, only as far as uh, when you were little, you were obsessed with me making you cardboard suits, such <laughs> as being a robot or a crocodile. So I lavished a lot of time and attention being and ingenuity Mm -hmm. on making you into a crocodile or a robot. And it would take about sort of three or four hours to do this. And then once you were all dressed up and had the obligatory photograph taken, you'd say, huh, I'm bored now. That was it. (laughs) Oh, yes, because the same can be said for the Tracy Island, couldn't it? Yes, that was a bit notorious. I wasn't very happy with that. So this um, was that, a, sorry. This was when um, Blue Peter were doing this. It must have gone for quite some time. They were teaching you how to do your own homemade Tracy Island from Thunderbirds. Yes, that's right. Because in the shops you could buy this all guns firing Tracy Island, which cost a lot of money. We could pop up this and pop up that, and flattening down trees and everything. And uh, Blue Peter was saying, well, we don't need to worry about that. We will show you how to make one out of papier-mâché. So me being a good mother, I thought, oh, I can do that as well. I like doing that sort of thing. So I spent a lot of time making uh, a cardboard base and swapping on lots of papier-mâché. And when it was all dry, um, I painted it and had the island house and had the trees. And then when I said, look, I finally finished, and you saw that the trees didn't plop down like they should do, you went, huh, that was it. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> right. Oh, dear. Um, I suppose one final question is, um, going back to the films again, um, you did take Rich and I both to the cinema, but have you ever forgiven us for taking you to the Turtles movie and also Batman and Robin? <laughs> No, I think I still bear grudges for that. I have never, ever, 
ever been so bored, and I've been really bored. Even with with George Clooney? Gorgeous George. I'm very sorry. George Clooney, that was not one of your best. Sorry. (laughs) Well, I do have Batman and Robin on Blu-ray, which you can borrow if you like. No, I think I've passed on that. We could do a reunion. We could could sit sit down and all watch it together. No, I think I've passed on that one. (laughs) Yes. Right. Well, thank you for reminiscing and uh, sharing some embarrassing stories about my childhood. That's fine. That's been very enjoyable. Um, I suppose a uh, question we always ask people is, uh, what are you reading at the moment then? The Explorer. This is by James Smythe, yes? Yeah. Really interesting. Very intriguing. Now, that's a bit I've of, got... that's a bit of um, sci-fi. Do you normally read sci-fi? I used to read sci-fi a lot in my teens. Isaac Asimov. Raymond Bradbury, uh, Robert Silverberg, um, and there was a a lovely one called Well of the Worlds, and I'm afraid I can't remember his name. It's a well-known series, all about the hero who's called Nathan Brazil. Oh, well, we can look at that one up, yeah. Yes, and uh, I wouldn't mind a copy of that one day. Um, because that was a really brilliant book. It's all about um, a planet and something about a space station goes wrong. Not quite. And he ends up being sucked into various different worlds. It was a very long time ago. I can't really remember a great deal about it, but it was a, a very good book. Mm. Uh, yeah, I do like science fiction. Um, but in those days, we said it was Isaac Asimov, I Robot, and various other things. Mm. Um, well, I do like science fiction. It has to be good science fiction. Mm. Well, um, we'll have to talk about this once you do finish the Explorer. But I've just read the sequel, The Echo, and that's uh, just as good. And it it answers it? questions, but also it sort of creates some more. If you see what I mean. Well, the plot of um, the Explorer is very strange. It sort of goes around in a loop and picks mm. up again, and you think, what on earth is going on? <laughs> it's a, a mystery, isn't it, which yes. keeps your interest. I was trying to work it out as I, as I went along, treat it almost like a thriller detective-style story. I'm still puzzled at the moment <laughs> what's going on. Um, still can't work it out. But um, it's a very, very clever Hmm. Well, thank you once again. Right. Thank you to thank you to my mother, mother dearest, (laughs) (laughs) mommy dearest. Yeah, or smother. Okay. Big thank you to my mum there for sitting down and having a chat about my childhood reading habits and the things I used to like to watch. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do that in a number of ways. You can send us an email, contact at adventureswithwords.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash adventureswithwords. There's Twitter, which is at wordadventures. And if you like this podcast and listening in iTunes, then do please give us a review. Don't forget that we've got our event coming up with the, at the Essex Books Festival on the 5th of March, where we'll be talking with Essie Fox and Wendy Wallace about English and the Exotic. Tickets are still on sale, and they're only £5, so you can get them from essexbookfestival.org.uk. We'll be back next week discussing a big pile of books that we've got and what we're currently reading. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Rob Chilver. And once again, thank you for listening.